0: that's right it's the best part of your week it's probably the best part of my week it is Monday morning Supercross it's the Monday morning mechanic for Supercross this is Dirt Bike Channel style this is Kyle Brotherson and I have my beautiful bride Karen Brotherson with me Karen say hello this is actually one of my favorite favorite times (laughs) of the week so Karen and I decided that we were going to do these podcasts and just talk about some of the fun racing that we saw and I didn't know how it was going to go but I've actually really really enjoyed it and I look forward to this time every week
1: because we are not anywhere close to a sports recorder or reporter. Hey. We, we are just saying how we feel, people. And it,
0: it's just fun, though, right? <laughs> it's just fun to be like, hey, this is what we notice, and it's something that we do as a family. So we don't have any kids with this, and today actually is a world record because we're not doing this at like 10 o'clock at night on Sunday. We're actually getting this done before the kickoff of the Super Bowl. I know there's no people that are listening to this that care anything about football, but... Hey, <laughs> actually, I bet you. I bet you most of the people who listen to this on Monday morning will have watched some of the some of the Super Bowl yesterday. Oh,
1: for sure. Whether they're football fans or commercial fans, either one.
0: Because are you more of are you more of a commercial fan? Are, do you watch the Super Bowl just for the commercials?
1: This year, I'm an absolute commercial fan.
0: It's supposed. To be I don't.
1: Pretty, I don't have a like a team in it. You know, but it's supposed to be a pretty 49ers, good game. Chiefs, I. Really so care. if the
0: Broncos aren't in it, which happens like most of the time, that they're not in it, or then
1: Cardinals, you're...
0: right? Oh yeah, Arizona. So, okay, yeah, but that doesn't. But those teams aren't in but it. They're very not. Often. That's true. So jumping into Oakland, Oakland. So last night we uh, got together as a family and we watched the racing.
1: We went the, from Supercross to Super Bowl. That's what we're doing.
0: We did, we did. And so right. last night in Oakland, uh, the racing was really, really good. Uh Some fun things happened. Um I almost. Like, lost my voice in the in the in one of the heat races. Let's start just with the 250, though. Let's start with kind of what happened in the 250 racing. What did you notice? Uh, the one thing that I kind of wanted to mention was just Mosman. Michael oh, Mosman yeah. was... Uh, he, apparently, he doesn't live too far from there. Like, this is one of the more... The closer races to him. And yeah. he did really well in, that, in his heat race. He, what, did he get the whole shot in that heat race?
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: And he was just kind of riding out of his mind. And then... Austin Fortner comes in. And so there. clean,
1: too. He was writing really clean.
0: Your mom's really clean.
1: Your face is clean.
0: <laughs> Remember that time we got a picture with Michael Moseman and we didn't know who he was until after we had taken a picture with him?
1: For the record, <laughs> we we took a picture with him. We knew his name, but just not his face with his name. Yeah,
0: we didn't know the name and the face together. and so.
1: But by yeah. golly, now we know.
0: Yeah, we were in line to get a picture with... with, uh, with Osborne. Osborne, and then... Right there, there there there, there was Anderson and Karen's (laughs) like, let's just jump out of the line after we get a picture with Osborne. I'm like, no,
1: you said that. Let's get this record straight, people. (laughs) Who's going to tell the truth? Oh yeah,
0: me. No, the way I remember it is you said, we'll just jump out after. And then I was like, that would look really rude. That's how I remember it.
1: No, I said you could if you wanted to, but I'm going to stay.
0: And then, so then we got a picture with, we're like, Hey, Jason, we don't need your autograph. Just snap a picture with us. He's like, oh, cool. And then there was Dean Wilson and we're like, Hey, sweet. It's Dino. And then there was this, un, like we're like, who in the heck is that? We just couldn't f- think of who it was. It was it was Michael Mosman. Like I couldn't
1: see the back of his jersey yeah. to know his name.
0: <laughs> anyway, so Michael Mosman has a good race last night, and uh, or I guess two nights ago when you're listening to this. He had that really... He was feeling it in that first that first heat race, and he was kind of battling there with Austin Fortner. And Austin Fortner does a stoppy kind yeah. of down that main stretch. A nose wheelie. A nose wheelie to, <laughs> to keep Moseman behind him. Like, Fortner is showing some serious attitude. Fortner... Let's just say it. Fort, <laughs> Fortner's kind of full of himself, don't you think, Karen?
1: Just a little. I mean, he's young, right? He'll probably grow into that head of his, but...
0: That head of his. Anyway, he did a really cool kind of nose wheelie thing because he was just like on the gas so much to try to keep Moseman behind him, and then he just like got on the brake so hard that he was into a stoppy, a nose wheelie. Oh yeah, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but then Moseman had that freaking hard crash in the main.
1: Oh, that was that was rough. Like he, he must took have got a few bikes on that one. Yeah,
0: he must have been hand. dazed and confused, and it's kind of sad because that's his hometown race, so you never want to see that. You never want to see anybody get hurt. And I I don't know if he is hurt. I just know that he finished last in the, in the main event. They've got him down as 22nd. He got one point for that. And he was, you know, qualified third going into the main event. So he had, you know, that good, I don't know what his qualifying was earlier, but going into the main event, he was qualified. He qualified third for that because of his run in that heat race. So what else did you notice in the two fifty main there in Oakland, Karen?
1: Um, I don't know, Ferrandis, he's trying his best to stay on the clean, straight and narrow path. And, um, <laughs> Justin Cooper, I felt like he was a little struggles. Like he wasn't, cause he, didn't he, he had to go back out of the pits and they worked on his bike.
0: No, he just or, had to go to the, he, he just, he crashed or something and had to go to the LCQ. That's right. He, he had a bear, he had a horrible heat race and had to go to the LCQ. They didn't, it wasn't his bike that blew up. It was the other yeah. It was the other Yamaha bike, which we'll get yeah, to later. But you there. just kind of skirted by your, you know, your your Dylan Ferrandes. Um You say he's trying to stay on the straight and narrow. I get that it wasn't like a super aggressive pass because for those of you guys out there, Dylan Ferandez wins the 250 main, and he wins the 250 main by beating Austin Fortner, and he beats Austin Fortner by passing him, but he passes him by pushing him off the track.
1: Yes, I'm not a big. You know, proponent of pushing people off the track. Let's just say that. But um, that particular turn, it wasn't like a normal bank turn with all the tough blocks. It was one that had a weird little lip on it. And he wasn't the first guy to go off of that turn. And so, or uh, the but, last. But
0: <laughs> no, I, I, if I, if my memory serves correct, I think it was just a 180. And it, and it wasn't maybe as high banked as some of the other ones. But like Austin Forkner left it open too much. Austin Fortner and some of these guys like Austin Fortner and Adam seems real it seems like they get pushed high on the berm a lot and they've got to just rein that in and cut it down harder but but here's my thing with Dylan Frandis. Dylan Ferrandis got booed really hard again. You can hear it through the TV. He got booed really hard up on the podium and it's because he pushed someone off the track. So here's the thing. If I'm talking to Dylan, this is what I would say. Dylan, you were the best racer on the on the on the court or the track last night you were faster than Austin Fortner. Austin Fortner can sit on the podium and say everything he wants to about how yeah, we were running the same pace and the only reason, you know, you just had to make a mistake out there. That's the only way anyone could gain any ground on you. Dylan no. was
1: gaining ground from Di- day one. Dylan was <laughs> fast.
0: Dylan was faster than you, AK Fortner 7. Um, he was faster. Uh, and Dylan and then you kind of did make a bobble through that whoop section and then and then Ferandes pushes you up. And so in my, but in my mind, though, to Ferrandis, it's like, okay, buddy, you have an image problem right now, and he's in a tough spot because you're supposed to race and you're supposed to be aggressive, but you can't be overly aggressive. And I don't think that pass was overly aggressive, but you didn't have to push him off the track. You could have passed him in another spot where he doesn't go off the track. Even Austin Fortner said in the, press, in the post-race press conference that he had no problem with it. He had no problem with that He's move. like,
1: I would have done the same thing.
0: He, yeah, he said, I would have done the same thing. But here's the thing you shouldn't Dylan don't push him off the track. You wouldn't have got booed as hard if you would have just passed him in the next corner or one of the other corners where he doesn't have to exit the racetrack. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so it's like you have an image problem right now. And this is going to be uh, like right now. Dylan Frandes is the favorite to win this thing. Obviously he's the points leader. Now He got the red plate back on the bike. He's leading by three points. Uh, in the entire thing, because Justin Cooper had a monumental crappy night again, and well, so and
1: plain and simple, Dylan Ferrandis is just the fastest out there. There's, I mean, he was just catching him the whole time, and when he's on, he's on, and there's, you know, not a lot anyone else can do.
0: It's kind of like Eli Tomac. The only, the only reason so Dylan Ferrandis start, he got third. Uh, he was he started third. If Dylan Ferrandis starts first. No one catches him last night last night Alex Martin gets the whole shot and start and Alex, dude, I don't Alex Amart oh, the kid man. the kid can start. he can totally start, but he cannot finish i, I don't know what the story is he's the whole a short shots are all he's a his. short little guy he's a nice kid, I think, but like so but my thing with Dylan is if he gets a whole shot, no one will catch him. Austin Fortner can say like he's got the speed and all this stuff Austin Fortner does not have the speed that he had last year and didn't Austin Fortner? uh last year he he ended his season last year because he tore his acl right fortner i think it was austin fortner
1: i can't remember and now
0: he comes back and he's very very good but dylan Fernandes is better than austin Forkner. i don't right get now.
1: paid to remember all these statistics kyle okay well
0: the thing is is i tore an acl and i think i'm pretty sure that uh, austin tore his acl oh. after me well we either should've. way
1: dylan Fernandes is now he's got the red plate yeah. He is ahead in points by two.
0: And Justin Cooper had that tough night. He just uh, he qualified nineteenth and going into the main Aww. event because he had to come through the LCQ. He did win his LCQ though. I mean, that's pretty good. But Austin Fortner act- actually led more laps than Dylan Ferrandis. So Ferrandis led seven laps. Austin Fortner led eight laps. Uh, they started two and three. You know, we talked about Alex Martin um, and
1: Christian Craig. Super sad. You know,
0: he wasn't there. Right? He,
1: yeah, he is now nineteenth in position.
0: Yeah, overall, because he wasn't he didn't race Oakland uh because of the stuff that's been going on, health issues, so sad deal. Yeah. So he's way down there. Christian Craig is completely out of it, one hundred percent out of the points, Chase. Uh but yeah, tough things happen. So that's the two fifty main. Uh let's talk about the faux fitties. The faux-fitty main. Holler. So let's start out with just the one thing that, I mean, uh, to me, the, the funnest part of that whole thing was the heat race. I think it was heat number one where you had Ken Roxon Eli Tomac, and Blake Baggett there. That like was right, so fun. Right in the front. They were just going back and forth. And here's the thing. like I, I, I'm i pretty sure that Ken Roxon got out... Maybe the whole, sh- I think he did the whole shot in his heat race. And then within just a few corners, somewhere in that first lap, Eli Tomac is right there and he passes Ken and I'm like, it's over. And then, and then Karen said it again. <laughs> what did you say? Because, because Ken Roxon passes Eli back. And what did you say?
1: I said, I don't remember what you I
0: said. said. Ken Rockson is back. The old Ken Roxon. Well, is No, because you
1: were like, oh, it's over. Eli's ahead. And I'm like, oh no, it's not. He's going to get him. And he did. Because he's back. And That's very,
0: very few people have passed Eli Tomac in the last three years. And Ken Rockson has done it now multiple times, which is freaking awesome. And it was super tight racing. And but my whole thought was in that first heat race, it's only six minutes plus a lap. And Eli Tom- Tomac was all over Kenny boy. He was all over Ken Rockson in that heat race. And Blake Baggett, I don't know where that came from. Like Blake Baggett just sh- was shot out of a rocket, <laughs> shot out of a cannon. And he was right there. He was right there he's great he Blake Baggett even like brought it in pretty hard into Eli Tomac once or yeah. was that yeah I think it was Blake in that in that yeah. he race
1: he showed him up
0: so it was super tight racing and they just finished one two three right with each other but my and my heart rate was like 190 and it, it was loud like. in
1: the house yeah and even our two-year-old Kenzie she started cheering for Blake Baggett and she called him Baggy,
0: Baggy, Baggy!
1: <laughs> and I'm like no cheer for Ken Roxon, and then I'm like say Roxon, and she goes, "Baggy, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all you jerk. No, don't trade." But, but then, yeah, we love like. But then, partway through that He's heat race, kid.
0: it was super frustrating. I've got a. Com- th- I'm normally not a complainer about the TV stuff because I think they do a pretty good job of showing you, you know, something that's really interesting and, and showing you what you maybe what you need to see what you need to see. But that like that heat race was so tight. Everyone was in th- like Eli Tomac was never more than 1.3 seconds away from Ken Roxen and
1: Baggett was, and, within and Baggett was right there. Of Ken so,
0: so well, they, I think that most of the time the top three were within two and a half seconds of each other. And then all of a sudden they just decide to drop back to Malcolm Stewart, who was like, no one was in within four seconds of him. It's like a battle for sixth or fifth and there, and no one is there. And they're just showing Malcolm Stewart. Oh, he's and not even show,
1: battling with anyone. Yeah.
0: They're just, sh- there's, there's this crazy battle going on for the lead. And yet they're just showing Malcolm Stewart, just like putting in laps for like, it felt like an eternity. And then <laughs> they do. And then they do like, they, they show like this little, you know, shot or clip or interview that they did with him. And I'm like, Oh, well that's why they've been showing him forever and talking about him forever. When there's an actual race going on that he is not in, <laughs> You know what I mean? But it's like. There's
1: a race going on and and you're you're not not in in it. it.
0: (laughs) And and so, seriously, if you want to do that spotlight into him, just put it down like picture in picture. They have that technology, they do it all the time. Make him the big one, make him the small one, whatever. But don't take it off the bloody leaders when they're so stinking close. Like, because people will complain and be like, oh, well, all we got to see was the leaders. If they are actually in the lead, that is where everything matters. They do not give plates points for like. Big points for like sixth place and twelfth place. So if the leader is out there three, four, five, six, eight seconds, then yes, we do not need to see the leader. Show us the actual racing. And I was like, that was one that was one time last night when they Epic failed. Yeah. And NBC Sports Network Epic failed last night in that in that heat race because they're just sitting there showing us Malcolm putting in laps with no one around him. Oh my gosh.
1: And we do like a good Malcolm show, but.
0: Yeah, wait until Malcolm is battling with someone and then absolutely show it to us. But do a picture in picture when you've got the lead, the leaders that tight. Anyway, I'll get off my high horse. Because it's not on that. very
1: often where you have the top three
0: that tight.
1: Within one and a half seconds of each other. (laughs) So
0: absolutely. So then going on to the main, Eli Tomac ends up with the win. Uh, Cooper Webb ends up second and Ken Rockson ends up third. But the big thing there to me is that Ken Rockson got the whole shot. Again, Ken Rockson has got the starts dialed. He is Mm. locked in. And so he, you know, he's the first qualifier because he comes in, you know, winning that heat race before gets the whole shot. He leads 13 laps. Eli Tomac ends up only leading eight laps, Karen. Did you notice that? Eight. Eight. Oh. Yeah. So Ken Roxon leads 13 of the laps. Ken or uh and Eli only led eight. So Ken Roxon is leading most of that race. And then what happens? He like I'm sitting there going, there's no way that Ken Roxon can hold off Eli Tomac for 20 minutes plus a lap. It just didn't seem like it was going to happen because when Eli is on, he's on. And and he did. He went, he passed Roxon. And I'm like, look at this. Roxanne is just going to fall down and he's going to fall back. And he didn't really. I mean, he was back there like three seconds behind Tomac and then Tomac did that little bonehead move going into the sand. <laughs> Said he missed, he like hit that kicker His or that, rear break that or knuckle. Something. He called it a knuckle. He's like, I hit that knuckle going into the sand and just wheelie too high and missed my rear break. And, and he's like, he goes off the back of the berm and he's like, are you kidding me right now? He said that in the post race. He's like, are you How kidding me right, right now? On. I'm going off the track, but he jumped right back on. So he didn't lose a ton of time. He only lost the one position because Cooper Webb was back far enough that Eli Tomac drops from one first into second. And it's like, can Ken hold on here? And there was like six, seven minutes or something. I can't remember. can't remember. And of course, Eli Tomac, if he's on like that, you can't beat him. Only person that beat him is himself. And so he passed Ken again, which I think is a big statement.
1: Well, there was like, um, Ricky Carmichael was saying something like there was, you know, 30 seconds or so after he went off the sand to where he was not looking normal, you know. And then he gathered himself together and then drove in, so.
0: Didn't um, take him, it didn't take him long to regroup. And and good good thing for Eli Tomac. Um, Eli Tomac is, at this point, he is now... um, He's only three points back on Ken Roxon in the in the championship, and I, anything
1: we, can happen with his championship.
0: Well, we'd have to go back and look, but I believe that this is the best. It, this might be the best position that Eli Tomac has been in since entering the 450s at this at this point.
1: Yeah, because he's usually pretty crappy in the beginning of the season, and then he has to work his way back up.
0: Yeah, when it you know, was like the
1: years with the dungey. Eli Tomac years and
0: yeah, because Dungey was like getting out to these big leads. It was either it was like Dungey and Roxon kind of up there doing good things, and and Tomac just trying to figure out how to get his bike in gear and how to get his pants buckled and how to like (laughs) how to like pick his bike up when it falls down. I'm
1: telling you, he tried to tuck in his shirt on one of those jumps. I'm not kidding. (laughs) His shirt's jersey's flapping in the wind, and that always drives me crazy. I think it looks so sloppy, like. Jason Anderson always does that. But anyway, so he's going over one of the big jumps and his left hand reaches back and he tries to tuck in his shirt. And Kyle's like, "You did not try to tuck in his shirt. But it really looked like it.
0: I'm not sure what he was doing. I will admit...
1: It looked that, weird. That and what, it looked like he was tucking in his shirt. I
0: Okay, here's what I'll say. I'll admit that Karen, I saw what Karen saw and it it looked like he might have been trying to tuck his shirt in. But... I'm sitting there thinking there's no way he's doing that. Like, why would he be doing that?
1: Maybe he thought his underwear was hanging out. I don't know.
0: <laughs> hey, his underwear says probably says ET3 on it. Oh, It's, man. it's good for branding. It's like his pants. So huh? I'll agree with you. It looked like he was trying to tuck his shirt back in, but I can't for the life of me. Like, why would he be doing that?
1: We got um, off topic. Sorry about that. No, Google. it's perfect.
0: That's, the exa- <laughs> that's exactly what this is for. People know. they can look at the, They can look at the stat sheet. <sighs> they want to know what we saw. We we saw saw
1: him tucking in his shirt, by golly. And
0: we saw him trying (laughs) to tuck his shirt in. Like, what are you doing, brother? He's always having wardrobe malfunctions. He really is. It's his shirt. It's his pants. It's something like that. You know, what is going on? What is going on? I I really do want to know. But like, you know what? He's He's in a spot now where he's only three back. And they're going into like, what, round... Oh, that's five. They've done five rounds. And so next week is round six, and he's only three back in the championship. That might be his best position since entering the 450s. So good on him. And for me, obviously, I'm pulling for Ken Roxon this year. I think you are too, Karen. Yeah. Overall. But this is actually really, really good for the sport to have it so close, to have those guys so close. Because Justin Barsha is back there not too far.
1: Even Speaking of Justin Barsha... Poor guy. His engine blew up in the heat race, and he had to take off his helmet and let his blonde, flowy hair flap in the wind as he pushes it (laughs) around, and they have have to do a full engine. What is that called? Where you swap swap, out engines?
0: They swap the engine in like 10, 13 minutes. There's
1: five mechanics around his, his bike.
0: Yeah, because his bike blew up in the heat race. Towards the end. It was almost the end of the heat. I think they were on the last lap in the heat race. And then suddenly he's over there smoking and there's there's his bike is there's all kinds of steam and everything and it's smoking. And he's he starts pushing it like running it over towards the mechanic area because he's got to push it to the mechanic area and then they can push it out of the stadium. The thing that how well,
1: stressful is that? I mean super really stressful.
0: This is that's stressful for I mean it's stressful for the rider too but like all those mechanics because if the rider can't if the rider can't
1: make the last make chance the main, qualifier.
0: Well yeah, if he if they can't get into the last chance qualifier then like that isn't on the rider. It's it's people's jobs are on the line. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And so how stressful would that be but they were able to swap and apparently they had to do it like the week before on one of the other bikes in that team, they were saying something about that. I didn't hear about that, but like there was uh, maybe on that same team, maybe on the 250, they had to like swap a motor last week. And here's the thing that blows my mind. A lot of times those guys, it doesn't seem like those guys are riding the bikes that hard. Like if you listen to the GoPro footage, I was just watching like a thing on Ken rocks. the other day, it popped up in my suggested feed on YouTube and it was showing like a hot lap that rocks and did. And it's amazing how He's on the rev limiter a few times when he's in the air, but the bike isn't actually, he's not on the gas that much because you're not on the ground that much. It's like, Whoa, <laughs> and, then, and then laugh. And it's like, Whoa, and it's, it's nice all sound
1: effects. It's almost, it's
0: <laughs> um, the boom, the boom. Is when you when you roll off the throttle. And why is it that <laughs> guys can make <laughs>
1: better sound effects than girls? I don't get it.
0: It's just, I can't make those. We're born with it. But here's the thing: you're never on the gas for more than like them. two seconds at a time. And and here's the thing: like my buddy Tyler and I were talking about this. He, so Tyler just went snow biking last week, and he was on a like a I don't know like a sixteen, um, YZ four fifty F, and snow and snow biking. You've got the bike wide open, like all the way wide open throttle. For sometimes a minute at a time, like all the way wide open. When I've been snow biking, I I've only been once, but I'm like this is five literally five times harder than I've ever ridden and pushed any motor because you're you're just on it so much because they don't have quite enough power and so you're just in either second gear or third gear completely wide open on a 450. You cannot do that in any place on a supercross track. If you rode, none of those guys are pushing those motors anywhere near that hard. And my question is this, since Justin or yeah, Justin Parsha has admittedly been asking his mechanics to roll some of the power off of that bike here in 2020 for him to race it at a high level in supercross. If you're toning down the bike, how in the Sam H does the bike blow up in a six minute heat race? Because I can promise you that when you were snow biking these bikes, you were riding them five to 10 times harder than you're pushing that in a supercross race. You cannot push that motor that hard. So my question is this, if you can take a stock bike and you can run it wide open for a full minute with a track on it in the snow, how come Justin Barcia can't make it through a bloody six minute race with a factory motor?
1: Dun dun dun!
0: I I just it <laughs> blows my mind, and this is not Justin Barsha's fault. I want the like someone to reach out to me and be like, "How come if this is the factory motor and the best motor on the freaking planet that that Yamaha can make, squeezing all the power out of it yet Justin Barsha says it's too much power on the stock bike, so pull it, dial it back for me? Why in the freak does that bike blow up in six minutes?
1: And that doesn't happen very often, but. It has happened. It
0: happens enough that they have extra motors there for their bikes because this is a thing that happens in supercross racing. And I'm blown away because, yes, the riding that I am doing is just, it's not on the same level or whatever, but like we can put several hundred hours on a motor and never have a single problem. Several hundred hours. Just I let love that, how
1: dramatic you get sometimes. Just let that sink
0: in. <laughs> I get it. I'm not a supercross racer. I'm not pushing it like like Justin Barsha I understand that. Am but I allowed when, to
1: tell people how I make fun of you sometimes but, for getting like super intense? We,
0: when, we, when you were snow biking, <laughs> I will bet my life that you were pushing that motor five mm. to 10 times harder than what Justin Barsha did last night. And these stock motors are not blowing up in smoke. And we don't have factory racing teams backing us to make sure that motor is the best in the world being rebuilt every week. Those motors are rebuilt every week, guys. Maybe it was because they didn't break it in properly. That's a whole other tangent. Karen, if you were a gearhead, we would just go on a rabbit hole about <laughs> engine break in right now. But we're not.
1: Good luck.
0: So anyway.
1: Oh, man. Justin, Barsh,
0: Justin Barsh's bike blew up. And he's now back into third in the championship. So poor guy. he's just He's just kind of dropping a little bit here, you know? Uh so number one, Eli Tomac. Number two, Cooper Webb let's talk about Cooper Webb last night. Because halfway through the race, yeah. I was watching Cooper Webb, Cooper Webb, and I said to the boys, and they were kind of disappointed when I said this, I'm like, Cooper Webb is not going to win this championship. No freaking way. Because he was just riding kind of like a chump. It just seemed he like was He was on
1: his deathbed for the first few weeks.
0: Yeah, but this is week five.
1: Like and, so, and so it
0: was like I was watching what he was doing, and I'm like, I'm like, Cooper Webb is out of it. He is totally out of this thing. The
1: moment changed for Cooper when Eli kind of fumbled through the sand and then he turned it up.
0: And then all of a sudden, yeah, then he
1: said something in the post press conference where, you know, he could hear the crowd going crazy. He didn't know what was going on up in front of him, but he just made the decision to go for it and he turned it on. And in that last turn, there he is second place. Apparently, maybe
0: maybe Roger DeCosta kind of challenged him this week and said, are you willing to do anything to win? I think he just kinda of lit a fire under him. It, that's what that's what Ricky Carmichael said. He, it was either Ricky or, or Ralph Shaheen on the broadcast they said that, that like he was kind of challenged by Roger DeCoster, who's like he's not the team manager anymore, but he's like over all of it. He's like one step up from where he was, Roger DeCoster anyway. Ian Harrison, the I think, CEO. is the manager. Yeah. Well, not C- see. <laughs> but either way, when so Ken Roxon is leading and then he gets passed by, you know, Eli Tomac. And then freaking Cooper Webb had like had to make up like four seconds in about a lap and a lap and a half.
1: I wonder what his um at the end. Yeah, what his lap times were the last couple of laps.
0: We could look it up here, but we didn't do that. It's probably Because right he here was on gaining
1: on Eli and um Ken. Ken. And I wonder. Last night, I wondered if the the race were actually maybe two minutes longer, how would it have ended?
0: I think it would have ended exactly like it just did.
1: Or would Cooper have caught him? No. Cooper, Are you sure? Cooper
0: has never caught Eli Tomac.
1: Uh, yeah, he did last year.
0: When Cooper doesn't pass Eli Tomac, Eli your mom Tomac, passes. Tomac. Eli Tomac can pass Cooper. But Cooper does not pass Eli. I mean, obviously he he passed him last night. He got he got close in the in the in the main and kind of like put a wheel up in him, you know. But what I'm saying is generally speaking, if Cooper Webb makes a pass on Eli Tomac, it, it sticks for about three more turns. And then Cooper and then Tomac uh-huh. takes it back. You know, but you you got a good point. Like cause cause uh when Cooper just really drove it in there on that last turn and took the Position away from Ken Roxon on literally the last turn put his and peg into Ken foot. yeah, he put his peg foot. into Ken <laughs> Roxon's foot and oh. Ken, Ken comes up lame. Hopefully Ken is okay because cause Cooper comes and just just squares the corner all the way off and takes the position from Ken Roxon, which was sup- super aggressive from Cooper and I love to see that like I want to see Ken Roxon win this championship, but I liked to see that out of Cooper because it just shows that he maybe he's going to come to play. Yeah, you know, what I mean, and that and that's the best thing for us. If we had Eli and Cooper and Ken battling it out the rest of these rounds, it could be one of the best Supercross years we've had in a long, long time. You know, what I mean, if if, what I what I don't want to see is for one of them to just to to just run away with it as much as it would be fun to watch Ken Rockson run away with the championship. That isn't good viewing. I'd rather have it. I'd rather have it be hard fought and close battle. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I like the close battles. I mean. They make my heart rate go up and my blood pressure skyrocket. (laughs) But yeah, that's always way more fun than having it just be a slide. But
0: yeah, Adam Cincirillo gets fourth place. Uh, What do you think of Adam? How's he doing?
1: Well, I thought it was interesting how after the race, they interviewed five guys rather than just the top three, which has never happened before in my recollections.
0: Yeah. So they interviewed all the way down to Anderson, right?
1: Yeah. I thought that was interesting.
0: So, Jason, so Adam Ciancerillo comes in and he he gets into that race and he's basically in second place because it starts out Ken Rockson and then Ciancerillo and and then Tomac. And for the first significant portion, third, you know, maybe even half the race, that's what it was. It was Ken Rockson, then Adam Ciancerillo, then Tomac, and then Ciancerillo got passed a couple of times. What do you think he's got to do? to kind of get out of the, cause I would say he's been qualifying in the early qualifying practice. He's been qualifying number one. This entire year is like five out of five rounds. He's been the fastest qualifier going into the night show. What does he need to do to actually start podium being more consistent and getting on the podium every week?
1: That's a remarkable question.
0: What's your answer? I don't know. (laughs) I got nothing. I'll tell you what he has to do. Stop putting his bike in the dirt. (laughs) If he could stop putting his bike in the dirt, because I can't remember the last race that I saw where Adam Ciancerillo doesn't have to pick his bike up one time in the main. So I think what I'm going to do.
1: enjoy AC.
0: I do too. I love the kid. But what I'm saying is I need to text him and be like, hey, bro, you know what (laughs) you could do to like make your starts or make your finishes better? Stop putting your bike in the dirt. Because I've noticed that when you're picking it up, you lose time and the other guys pass you.
1: Minor details.
0: <laughs> anyway. Well,
1: yeah, I don't know. It's probably just mental. But he's such a, a cool guy. And and it was funny because when they interviewed the, the first three guys and then, you know, they interviewed Adam Censarulo, Kyle was like, why are they interviewing him? And I'm like, well, because it's AC. He's entertaining. People want to hear what he has to say. And then you know, that interview got over and then they ended up interviewing Jason Anderson. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't have an answer for that. One. <laughs> yeah, because
0: cause I'm like, what are they doing with Adam? And Karen had the explanation. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because basically, I think what you said is they're just trying to make screen time for Adam because he's better screen time than most of the people. And that made sense to me. But then all of a sudden, they, then they turn it over to Jason Anderson. It's <laughs> like, Okay. That theory just went out the window yeah. I think I think they just decided at some point they're like hey we've got enough time the producers probably looked at the time they said we have enough time let's let's go right through top five but I guess so and and still with with uh, Jason Anderson right there he's still a dark horse I mean he's back a little bit Jason Anderson is down I guess he's only down Fourth, 17 yeah. points he's down 17 points. cooper Webb is down 18 points.
1: But they were saying, you know, the top two are 12 points ahead of everyone else, you know, and that that's pretty good place to be for at least Ken Rockson and Eli Tomac.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because Tomac is 12 points ahead of Justin Barsha, who's in third. So it's it's pretty tight there. You've got the top what top five guys within 18 points of each other. So it's not. It's not out of reach for anybody if Cooper Webb continues to ride like that, it isn't out of reach for him because Eli tomac is going to have a race or two where he he like pooches it like that's been his m o if if Eli tomac doesn't have a race where he pooches it, he will win this season you know i'm hope- I'm still uh rooting for Ken I'm still hoping for Ken. I wouldn't be torn up if Eli Tomac won the championship. It would at least be nice to see him get the monkey off his back. Because I think he last night. I think he just passed Dungey. No, no, he didn't he passed, pass. Dungy. He passed someone for like all-time wins. He passed someone. Like he moved up. He's like in like sixth or seventh all-time for wins. It's not Dungey. I can't remember who he passed.
1: He's it, like got maybe eight more to pass Dungey.
0: But he and he's never won a championship. You know, And so he's got to get that monkey off his back. He's already the guy that has the most wins without winning a championship. And so it's not that I wish evil or bad on the guy. I'd like to see him do well. I want to see him do well. I don't want to see any of these guys get hurt. I just want to see the best man I think
1: someone's paying Eli Tomac to smile more because in the last couple of races, he's actually smiled. and, And that's one of the reasons I never really liked him was because he's just so grr all the time. And I feel like... Poppy from Trolls just now. You're so all the time, you know, not ever happy, but get happy. You're winning.
0: I think the more that he can smile, the better, the better off he's going to be. And I think that's a, uh, it's a recipe that I hope he would find. I remember they always had these interviews with his dad, you know, his, the mountain, his dad's this, you know, famous downhill mountain biker. And his dad's like, as soon as, as soon as Eli's not having fun, we're done with this. We're going to quit. This is if he's not having fun. Well, Eli well, hasn't, he hasn't had fun, had fun for, fun for
1: years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He hasn't had fun for many, many years, but he's been too close to give it up, and he shouldn't give it up. Eli Tomac is one of the best people on the entire planet with a dirt bike between his legs, and I, and, yeah, let's go, go out. Ken Roxon. Eli, go out there and get it. <laughs> but I, I hope Ken gets it. Either one of you guys, though. Hey, they're both amazing riders, and it's gonna be fun. I hope that they can continue this this uh, little battle for many, many weeks to come. So. That's our uh, summary of the uh, Oakland um, Supercross race. Next week is in Santa Diego.
1: <laughs> you know, that's not how you say that, right?
0: <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> I like San Diego. Karen and I have gone down to San Diego twice for uh, been Supercross. Fun. But yeah. we're probably not going to do it this week. So We're going to go somewhere else. We don't know yet. Maybe Seattle. Is that what you want to do? Go to Seattle?
1: Maybe. And yeah. then Salt Lake City. This music's been playing for a while. We better go.
0: The music has. It's like it's two minutes, but I can end it whenever I want. <laughs> Karen's always wanting me to end it. We gotta Kay. get
1: this moving. People don't want to listen to this and ramble on all so day. So
0: we will see you guys next week on Monday Morning Mechanic. You want to say it, Karen? Peace out. <laughs> Leave a single track.
1: I knew what you wanted me to say. I wasn't gonna do it. <laughs>